All right, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another day of Saber Sims DFS Office Hours. It is Wednesday, December 7th of 2022. Got an 11-game NBA slate on tap tonight, as well as a seven-game NHL slate. Happy that we got a big 11-game NBA slate after a short slate last night, mixing it up in the DFS streets. For those of you who are new here, welcome. My name is Andrew. I'm one of the coaches over here at SaberSim. This is a show where we go over how to use the SaberSim app, answer any and all DFS-related questions that come in in the Office Hours channel in our Discord server. If you are not joined up in our Discord, what are you doing? There is a link in the description below to get joined up. Highly recommend it. As always, a lot of awesome DFS conversation happening over there every single day in the different channels. If you're just tuning in and have questions that you want to get answered, throw them in the live YouTube chat. I will get to all the questions before the end of the show today. I can promise you all that. But that being said, going to get SaberSim pulled up here. Just a couple questions to get us going today. So if anybody has any questions that have been on their mind, weren't sure if they wanted to ask or not, now is a great time to get them answered to keep the show going for everybody. So going to get this first question out of the way in Discord from D said, hello, my question is in regards to ownership projections. In what contests on DK would you consider higher ownership, high ownership depending on the amount of entrance, and how does SaberSim differentiate or quantify the entrance to ownership ratio? This is a good question, and the answer to the question is that we do not quantify what you describe as the entrance to ownership ratio. You know, our ownership projections are based on, you know, um, a large field multi-entry contest think of like the millimaker maker for nfl think of the flagship you know 15 150 max on any given night for nba that is really what our ownership is modeled around so the ownership doesn't take into account you know mm -hmm. like if you're playing a uh, single entry smaller field contests you know the best plays are usually going to be owned at a higher rate and, you know, just looking at tonight, I think it's a Jonathan Kaminga value slate with a bunch of the Warriors sitting, you know, we have him at 53 projected ownership in the large field. You know, he might come in at like 75% in, in the small field. Everybody knows the Warriors are resting and he's probably going to start. And, you know, we've seen this situation time and time again. So, you know, he is a candidate to come in at a higher ownership. I think those are the, some of the, like the, the key takeaways or like the value spots that we like to say that users can add value. You know, you come in here, you build for your diversifier contest, your 20 max, your 150 max. And then before you go and run your build for the single entry, you come in here, make some quick ownership adjustments to the highest to, to who are you are perceiving as going to be like the highest owned plays on the slate. Usually those players are the players that, uh, you know, grade out really well on a point per dollar basis. You could come in here, sort descending by value. And maybe you give these guys like an, an ownership bump. I think that is 
totally reasonable and a viable strategy on most nights. So I think it's important to understand, you know, the framework of the ownership and how you can add value in the different contests that you play. So um, I, I, I think that is a really good thing, you know, come in here, sort by value, maybe make some adjustments prior to running your smaller field builds just because ownership tends to condense in those fields, but really good question. Happy to touch on that there. All right. Got a question here from Jay Sam's junior said, good afternoon, fellow Sabersim fam. I have a question. How is the projected fantasy score for a player generated? Is it based off of the matchup? Question two, would you recommend us rostering players with high percentage scoring ability? Okay, let's dive into this a little bit. So, you know, the way we get to our projections, right, is, you know, something that we've, we've spoken about before, but but happy to reiterate it. So we simulate play-by-play all of the games, and we do it thousands and thousands of times. So, you know, uh, we're, we're doing simulations for the Boston game and for the Gold State game. And, you know, whatever games these players are in, they have a range of outcomes in those games based on players that are available, based on players on the other side, based on, you know, how the game script works in a single simulation. You know, we we go in and we randomly sample groups of sims and pull out what those players scored in those sims to get your projection. So, you know, what you see up here with the projection of 28.08 is, is the average across all of the Sims. It is not the number that is used when we build your lineups. That number is different every single time you run a build based on the group of Sims that were pulled out. If you want to use this number, you would have to set the Sim diversity slider to zero and it would use all the sims and take the average from that instead we are grouping the sims and taking the average from that group and then using that as an input to decide what lineups the player goes into or does not go into so you know we 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 understand players range of outcomes and and upside you know you you call it uh high percentage scoring ability like we we know what these players are doing at their their highest ranges you know um on a night like tonight for the lakers it looks like there's some lakers value here okay lebron's out oh and anthony davis is out wow so they don't have them playing on a back-to-back that's why we're seeing so much russell westbrook that's why we're seeing so much Dennis Schroeder in in Austin Reeves here so you know we we understand you know who's in who's out um how do these teams uh, play with these players out? Who is on the court? What are their new percentiles on a night like tonight? You know, what what is Dennis Schroeder's highest scoring outcome in the Sims? And, and we factor all of these things in when building your lineup. So I don't think it's something that you need to think about, you know, like uh, high scoring ability. Like we understand that. And we have sim these games so many times that the builder has a really good understanding of the range of outcomes and you can come into any single player and see that. So good question there. Um, You know, happy to talk about how the projections uh, work a little more if there is any follow-up needed there. All right. uh, uh, You know, I told Snowman that I would get back to him on this question. And Snowman said, you know, did you check in about back testing? Uh, Snowman, I did a little bit. I did shoot you back a question asking 
uh, for some more detail, you know, what are you really uh, looking to do? And that'll kind of help me point you in the right direction. I think that, you know, there are, there are some things you can do. I mean, to be, to be, you know, transparent, like back testing isn't a big part of my process. You know, the, the only things that I really go back and look for are like how I'm doing, um, top 1% equity in different types of contests. And I'll do that like once a month and, and kind of see where I'm going as far as like any actual back testing. You know, I, I'm not going into the builder and trying to see how I could build the nuts on, on any given day, uh, the day after and trying to, you know, use that to, to implement that into my process going forward. I think that is not a great use of time. So if you could give me some more details, into what exactly you're trying to do, I can try and give you some more useful and constructive advice there. So if you just shoot me a message back in the Discord, I started a thread and we can talk about it more there. That would be awesome. All right. Uh, question here from GWI. Going to get this one in the chat. says, is there a way in Showdown to build your lineups and have a flex with sub 20% ownership in each lineup or do you have to make that a group rule and select all the players? So you can do this with an automatic rule. Uh, let's jump over to the showdown for tomorrow and we can demo this. So all I would do, you know, there's, there's two ways to do it. One, the way you said, which is basically a manual rule. And you're saying, you know, use exactly one. So you would come into flex, sort by descending. You could come in here and you could pick all the players under 20% ownership. Or you can do this as an automatic rule and use a stat requirement. So the key thing is do not check this group by. Leave it unchecked or else it will mess up. And I'll, I'll show you how. So we're going to leave this unchecked. I'm going to uncheck the captain. And then I'm going to say my own less than 20. Oops, not 120. Less than 20. So, so now this is saying, you know, use exactly one player who's in the flex, whose ownership is less than 20%. I'm going to save this as a manual rule to kind of show you what this does because this can be pretty tricky. And we've had some issues with this in the past, have some issues with myself with it. So what it's going to do is it is going to go and grab all the flex players that are under 20% ownership for you and say, use exactly one. It's one big group of 16 players, which is exactly what you would do if you were to sit there and manually check them in. If you hit this group by player and you say my own less than 20, we can see how this messes up by saving it as a manual rule. So what it's going to do is it is going to create a rule for every single player under that ownership and say must use at least one. So it's saying must use Jacob Hollister because he's under 20%, must use Matt Gay, must use Jess, Jesper Horstead. This is going to break the builder. This this will cause failed builds. I promise you that. So so the key thing to do is uncheck the group by. And, you know, I, I, I think saving as manual is always a great option because you can go in here and kind of see what your rule reads and, and figure out if, if it's a problem or not. So key thing there, do not check group by, leave it unchecked. And this rule should work just fine for you there. But I've, I've seen that issue come across uh, multiple times. So happy uh, we were able to touch on that for everybody. All right. Question from the Evil Empire. 
Evil Empire said, hi, Andrew. Will we get MVP uh, or captain players exported for single game and showdowns? I asked you what you meant and your follow-up here. Well, I'm going to read that live. Said, when you download single game or showdown information, you don't get two names for each player, e.g. Josh Allen uh, or Josh Allen MVP. And there are also no differentiation in ownership for both set of players. Okay, so uh, only only one set of ownership. Does that make sense? Thanks. Yep. So, Eva Empire, I know exactly what you are talking about. Uh, you know, we can we can look at this uh, live. So let me just uh, throw my screen up instead of just Saber Sim, and we can talk about this a little bit. So this is really a FanDuel versus DraftKings issue here that we are talking about. So basically, the way that um, DraftKings handles their captain versus flex players is that they give them different player IDs. You know, if you come into a CSV, you know, you download it from SaberSim using the, the little download icon here. This is what will show up. It is all of the player data. As you can see, you know, you have Josh Jacobs here with a player ID, 25749531. And then you also have Josh Jacobs here with 25749583. So, so the last two numbers are different here, 31 versus 83. This top one, is Josh Jacobs captain at 18,600 salary. And then this bottom one is Josh Jacobs at um, flex at 12,400. So, so in, in this file, the, the biggest differentiator is the player IDs. I would recommend using the player IDs. If you are not using them for whatever you're doing, that requires you to download the CSVs. Um, it, it, it should work just fine, but that is on the DraftKings side, right? So if we go over to the FanDuel side, the problem with FanDuel is that they do not assign two Josh ja They don't have two Josh Jacobs. They, they only have one Josh Jacobs, and he has the same player ID in, in both versions. So that is what makes this um, more, more tricky. I, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't play FanDuel single game, so I don't know um, exactly what you're trying to do or how to kind of solve this issue for you. It is a uh, something I wish FanDuel would do differently and, and something that I wish I had a better answer for you on, on that side. But what I can say is, you know, on the DraftKings side, better to use player IDs if you're using RCSV. And then on the FanDuel side, um, I'm not sure how much you can do there since they only assign one player ID per player, regardless of if they're in the MVP or the flex. So let me know if you have any more follow up there. And then um, we can, we can talk about uh, in that, in the thread we got going, if, if there's anything we can do to uh, help you out there. So happy to talk about it more, just shoot me a message in the thread and we can keep conversing about it. All right. Uh, Snowman said question here why doesn't some teams have green check marks by them before the lineup locks nba okay so we have had uh some issues with our like nba lineup uh confirmer 
provider, I guess is like the right way to talk about it. I haven't seen any of those come up in about a week or so, but, but yes, you are correct that usually, you know, when the lineup is confirmed and SaberSim understands that the lineup has been confirmed, you will see the green check marks by the teams. And then you will see the green check marks under status. Um, I think that if you are playing and you don't see these, I, I would always jump in like the NBA discord channel and just shoot a message um, to make sure like if, if something's wrong, you know, everyone seems to be around, you know, as, as games start as uh, the team as well, community members jump in and are always happy to a- answer these questions. So uh, I would, I would keep an eye on the NBA channel. Maybe we post an update saying like, Hey, we're having some issues, you know, no check marks tonight, but I haven't heard of that issue in a while, snowman. So I would just keep your ear to the ground on that. And, and if that is something that you are seeing repeatedly, just shoot us a report of problem and we can confirm or deny what, what was going on there. Or, you know, next day we'll let you know, like, Hey, we had issues last night, something like that. But, you know, always want to keep our users in the loop there. All right. Naj said, are you checking discord or just YouTube? Naj, I am going through all of the discord questions first, and then we are going to jump over to YouTube chat. If you are posting questions in YouTube, I will get to them before the end of the show for sure. All right. Going to keep rolling here. Question from agency arms. So let me get this over here. Question is, is there an advanced Profit plan video. Soon I will not be eligible for the Dime Times, Quarter Jukebox, Minimax, and so on. I still want to do it on a budget. The original Profit Plan video helped me immensely, and I just want to see if you can make any recommendations. So what I will recommend to you is um, possibly like mixing up the sites. I think that the Profit Plan still applies across sites. So, you know, if you're going to get uh, limited on the type of contest that you can play on DraftKings. Maybe you move some of your action to FanDuel where you may not be limited. And then you could still play, you know, the quarter 20, the five cent, uh, 150 max, the two, 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 uh, some of those contests under $3. I think great contests above $3 on DraftKings are, you know, the $4 20 max. I think they have a $5 single entry, a $12 single entry. And, you know, I think like the, the thing with the profit plan, it it is really for any user um, kind of at any stakes. I think the big thing is that you have to know the amount you're starting with. And then you kind of have to just build up your contest selection from the bottom up at some point, you know, if you're, if your bankroll gets big enough, you know, you're going to have to like, like the next on the the next contest up, you know, are like the flagship. And um, I think, uh, FanDuel has like a, a smaller flagship, right? They run like a $7 as opposed to DraftKings, like $15 um, seem to be a little more bankroll friendly at some of those, you know, 150 max contests on, on, on the FanDuel side, you know, you could try out Yahoo. Yahoo has some interesting contests. They have like a quarter, they have like a 50 cent. So I think there are definitely ways to get action down. Just might have to spread it around a little bit more, but um, I think, you know, knowing, what number you're starting with and then just entering the best contests and then, you know, stopping and saying, okay, you know, I have this much left. What do I do? And then that is up for you to decide kind of which way you want to go in that sense. But uh, I would definitely recommend checking out different DFS sites. All right. 
Um, Snowman got back to me here in regards to the backtesting and said, after the slate is over, try to match the lineup with the winning lineup backtesting. Okay, Snowman, you know, I, I get it. I understand, you know, why uh, that might be something that, like, you kind of want to do intuitively. You know, how could I get my build to look like this one where I had the winning lineup? I would be really careful with it. Um, you know, the, the winning formula is is like kind of different night to night. And you know what what you have to do to to win on one slate might might be completely different from what you have to do to win on on another slate. Um, you know, I think yesterday is like a good example. Three game NBA slate. Uh, most of the news was was out by before lock. So, you know, you don't have to like late swap and, and do all these things to try and get an edge. But then, you know, on a night like tonight, you know, we're looking at an 11 game NBA slate. I haven't even checked the injury news. It seems like there's already a ton of news out with, you know, the Lakers and with Golden State and um, some of these other teams out here. Uh, uh, quite a few value spots just just right off the bat to, to me. But, um, you know, what, you, what you're going to have to do on like a night like tonight is, is a lot different than what you had to do on a night like yesterday. So I think trying to go in and, and build the winning lineup that from the night before is not the best use of your time. I think that maybe, you know, one thing that you can do over, over a long, uh, over like a, like a decent sample size is, you know, we talk about like top 1% equity, right? And, you know, are you putting more lineups into the top 1%? than uh, your expectation is, right? A great tool to do that is RotoTracker, but it is a paid service. So, you know, not in everybody's uh, budget. One thing you can do that that I think is is kind of interesting and, and I'm open to uh, hearing discussions on this is that, you know, uh, how many lineups in your pool are achieving an actual score that is that, that would have placed in the top 1% of a contest, you know, you have like the lineups that you play, but then you also have the lineups that you build. And, you know, this is something that like, we're kind of, um, um, been talking about a lot in our behind the Sims videos is, is having, having a viable, viable pool, having a pool of lineups where you're comfortable playing every single lineup in your pool. You know, let's say that, um, you're playing the, one dollar twenty max on DraftKings for NBA, and you play it. You know, every single day that you play NBA, you are playing that contest, and and it's a good contest. You know, fits a lot of the profit plan principles. What you can do is you can come in here, you know, post build, you know, this from yesterday, and then say, okay, you know, what what was the score? You know, maybe there's twenty thousand entrants in the contest, so that would mean that. 200th place is 1%. So then you go into the contest and you look at what the 200th score is. Maybe it's, um, I don't know, what would it be? Maybe it's 300, right? 300 is what 200th place got. You come in to your lineups and then you're going to, you know, go review mode. It's going to take your 20 and it's going to show you them by actual score and then see how many lineups you got in the above that score, right? So like if we were using 300, this would be like a, a slam dunk, right? I mean, you would have had, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. You would have had seven lineups in the top 
of the contest, which is like in incredibly good on any given night. But then, you know, okay, let's say, let's say, you know, 300th was, um, I'm, I'm, let's say 200th place, that threshold we're talking about was 330 points. So then now you only got one lineup into the top 1%, which is really good. If you're only playing 20 lineups, I mean, your, your expectation is to only get, you know, uh, one in a hundred lineups into the top 1%. So if you're doing, you know, one out of 20, that that's, that's way above expectation at 5%. But, but you know, what, what I'm getting at is that you can look at your 20, which is great, but you can also come in here and look at your entire pool, which I think says a little more about like the lineups that you're building and over like a long period of time. So it's like, okay, you know, how many lineups in my pool were over this threshold? And, you know, we said 330, right? I mean, here, you know, we had one in our 20 lineups. And then looking at this, we had one, two, three, four, five, six. Now we had we had six lineups out of 500 get in the top 1% of, of that contest, right? So, so our expectation would be that we have at least five out of our 500 for one in a hundred. So if you, if, if you are consistently building more lineups in your pool than what the expectation would be for how many of your lineups are in top 1% of the contest, I think that says something about what you're doing. You know, that means that, you know, the value you're adding or the things that you are doing are leading to having more good lineups in your pool. So having more good lineups available to you and the more you play, the more shots on goal, the more days, like the higher chance you are going to get more of these lineups into your contests. And that gives you a better chance of winning. I think that is like the key takeaway, you know, ultimately the goal is to get the best, like highest scoring lineups in, in the highest scoring lineups in your pool into the lineups that you take into your contest, right? But, you know, that can be a little bit of a crapshoot sometimes. The bigger takeaway for me is that if I am consistently building a really good pool of lineups and that pool has more uh, lineups than expectation to meet the top 1%, like it's only a matter of time before I get those into my lineups, which get into my contests, which is how I win money. So, you know, I think like if you're looking to kind of analyze your process, I think that is a decent way to do it with, within SaberSim without any outside service. Um, so if, if I were taking the time to do this, that is probably what I would be looking to do more with my time rather than try and build the winning lineup from yesterday. I think that, you know, the more the, the better pool of lineups you can build, you know, the more likely you are to get one of those to get into your contest to win. So Snowman, you know, those are my two cents. Let me know if you have any follow-up there. Um, you know, happy to talk about it more, but I think that is a much better use of your time. Okay. Question from Naj said, can you either do a separate video or briefly show us how you would use run pure sports content and use it with saber sim for mba okay naj this is a really good question um i would recommend we do a joint show with uh run pure 
every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern. Jordan, uh, head coach over here at SaberSim, used to run this Office Hours show, does that show with AP, I believe, over at RunPure, and they answer any and all RunPure plus SaberSim joint questions. I would really recommend jumping in there and checking it out. I'm not too familiar with the RunPure content and uh, that is the show to like ask that question. So I'm going to shoot this question over to uh, Jordan and just let him know that that you are looking for this. Um, and I'm going to say for tomorrow so uh, he can know that, you know, just have this question on his radar and can maybe uh, answer it live on stream for you there. But that will be the best place to get that answered. Okay. Jump in uh, through here. Uh, okay, so so Naj, Naj also said, basically, I, I watch the Run Pure NBA show, and when I hear them talk about a certain players, I write them down in my notes, and then I go back to the playbook and read what games they are feeling. After I do that, I go to Sabersim and upgrade the projections of the guys I have written that came from the show and the playbook. Then I run the builds, put them in DK. Is that how I should use Sabersim? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to copy and paste this second question into uh this thread so jordan can be aware of this as well so let me just you know put this on his radar and uh make sure you get you get an answer to it but started a thread with jordan he should see that and you can get that answered on tomorrow's show okay jumping over to youtube chat everybody it looks like there are some questions here um nasha i have a couple questions but i'm gonna work can I ask them all and you can answer them whenever so I can watch it back later? Yeah. So anytime, you know, you guys have questions, uh, throw them in the YouTube chat or wherever they are. Uh, we go into this uh, show after we are done streaming and add timestamps to every single past video. So if you go over to the uh, SaberSim YouTube channel and you go over to our office hours playlist, which I believe is right here. You can click into any one of these videos and you can go to the specific parts that are related to your question. So, you know, you can come in here. It looks like I'm in the way. And we have, you know, timestamps with a brief description of what was discussed. So if you had a question or only want to hear, you know, some bits and pieces are um, interesting to you, you can just jump to whatever part of the video you want to listen to. So that is a great way to go back and see you know, when your question was answered, that way you could just hear those uh, sound bites. But going to keep it rolling here. Um, only a couple more questions in the queue. If anybody has any more questions, now is a good time to throw them in the chat. Uh, Johnny Ortiz asked, will Superdraft ever be supported? Uh, Johnny, it is definitely on our radar to support. I know there are, uh, you know, other DFS sites out there other than, you know, DraftKings, FanDuel, and Yahoo. Definitely support that we want to build into the app in the future. Our ultimate goal is to, you know, be able to support everything pretty much. Uh, I can't tell you, you know, exactly when support for that will be coming, but when it is close, the team will definitely make everybody aware and, um, you know, make some announcements on it. But I'm going to write it down as a uh, feature request, basically, for the time being here. And say, you know, super draft support uh, feature request. The more these feature requests come in, the 
uh, easier it is for for uh, me to to kind of push the team to to get some of these things done. So that just goes for you know anybody, any feature that you guys are looking for, you know, let us know about them and we will work to uh, get those uh, prioritized. Okay. Uh, question here, uh, comment here from Neil. You know, trying to back into the winning lineup after a slate is a waste of time. No one, no one slate is ever the same. This is in regards to the question, the conversation we had with uh, Snowman there. And then Lee said, "Hello, I have a question about custom projections. If you upload your projections, do the Sims run with those in mind, or how does that interact?" I asked because Saberson projection come from Sims in the first place. Okay. This is a good question, and um, you know I think like this is a big value add for for SaberSim. Um, the the way it works, you know, we we take our range of outcomes, right, where we are, excuse me, uh, simulating all of the games, getting projections, getting a uh, range of outcomes for players that is not normally distributed, that is more reflective, you know, of their uh, true game outcomes based on our um, game simulation engine, basically. So so what you are doing, you know, let's say, you know, you change Tim Hardaway. I'm just going to round to whole numbers. You know, he's at 25. Your custom projections say Tim Hardaway is at, should be a mean projection of 27 points. What, what we're going to do, we're just going to shift his entire range of outcomes up by two points. So for every game sim that we pull out where he scores 25 points, he now scores 27. Every game sim where he scores 38, he now scores 40 and etc. The good thing about doing this is that you are one getting the mean projection that you want, but two, you are still um you're using those projections on top of our simulation engine. So you are still getting the effects of percentiles of range of outcomes of correlation of all of these values and um, you know, detailed stats that come from the simulation engine, you are getting to take advantage of those with your own inputs kind of on top of that. So that's why I think that, you know, um, uploading custom projections is, is, is fine. It's completely fine. You know, we have ways to average those projections. We have ways to weight, the projections and average them. You know, we've built in a lot of these tools for people to use custom data into the app. I think that, you know, if, if you, uh, you know, do your own things with projections and then come and put them in here in SaberSim and then build, I think that is a uh, good value add for, for your process. You're getting to take advantage of the key elements of SaberSim. And then you're also getting to use the projections that you want to use in, in, in like uh, to represent your player's, and what their mean projections are uh, to you. So nothing wrong with using those in conjunction, and uh, you still get all of the benefits of the simulation database, et cetera, by doing that. All right. Question here from Johnny Ortiz. said, I know it's different, but how does correlation, ownership, and sim diversity work differently when we input our own projections? So for sports like soccer or even replacing, say, NBA projections. Okay, so these two sports specifically are very different, mostly because we do not support, uh, we don't have soccer simulations, right? So I think that's the key thing. So when so when you put in your own projections, it works exactly the way we just described with Lee's uh, question. So, you know, uh, changing the means, uh, shifting the range of outcomes, all that good stuff that we just talked about. But when you upload projections, you know, for, for soccer, for college football, uh, SaberSim is going to 
act like a traditional optimizer and basically solve like an AppSack problem. Just try and uh, pack in as many projected points as possible unless you add some randomness. So, you know, if we go over to college football, uh, because we don't have simulations, we don't have a range of outcomes. We don't understand percentiles for the players. So we are unable to, to do those like key things. You know, that's why you have ownership fade and smart randomness and smart randomness is basically assuming that every player is normally distributed. And then we are going to add more randomness to when we are uh, running the build and building the lineups uh, in, in an attempt to kind of uh, mimic what, what we are doing by actually simming the games and getting true ranges of outcomes. Uh, We are getting different range. We are getting a range of outcomes, but they are not as reflective as to what the simulated outcomes that we would have if we actually sim the sport would be. So, you know, soccer, college football, these are things that we want to support in the future, but we never want to uh, put out sims or a model that we would not, you know, go to war for. Uh, we really uh, take those things seriously. And it, they, these are uh, things on the roadmap to support in the future. But yeah, I mean, uh, uploading custom projections for NBA for sports that we have Sims for works in one way. And then uploading custom projections for sports that we do not have Sims for works a completely different way. So just kind of gave a rundown of how both of those things are different and the different aspects of them. If you have any more questions, just let me know. All right. Uncrabby Cabby said, Hey, Andrew, without some sort of backtesting, how do you determine if you have a leak in your process? Um, frankly, that is a really good question um, on Krabby Cabby. I mean, you know, I, I think that um, I, I, I think that most people, if not all, have a leak in their process somewhere, uh, mostly because DFS is not like a solved game. And there, there, there really isn't like a uh, a wrong or right way to kind of win in a sense. So it's like it's hard to say, you know, what what's what's a leak and and what's not. You know, um, some people like wait, you know, ownership projections more in their process. Some people wait uh, projections more in their process. Some people focus more on game theory. Some people. Uh, you know, play more exploitatively. Some people play more balanced. Is it a leak if you do one and not the other? Like, I'm, I'm not sure. So, you know, I think, I think using the word like leak is, is, is pretty interesting in and of itself. I don't know if I would classify it like that, but, but I think, you know, getting back to the point is, you know, how do you know if your process is, is good or not? Um, You know, we, we talked about uh, top 1% equity a little bit ago. I think that was a really interesting segment and a way to kind of, track that um that'll give you some clues as to whether or not you know the pool that you're building is 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 you know uh, a good pool or or a bad pool or you can look at you know uh graphs on like road tracker to see um how many lineups you're putting in the top one percent over an over a period of time you could chop it up to look at single entries you could chop it up to look at diversifiers 20 max and 150 max. I think that is definitely a way to do it. You can look at your ROI over time. You know, am I, am I a winning player? How I won over the last six months? Uh, what sports am I, am I winning at? What sports am I losing at? You know, am I better at this one sport than this other sport? Am I better at NFL showdown versus NFL classic? I think 
you know, these are some of the things that uh, tools like that allow you to, to look at and kind of dissect. I don't think that, you know, you have to have a rigorous uh, back testing process in order to come up with some of these conclusions. And um, I might be wrong about this, but I believe that Roto Tracker is free up to your first 750 entries. And then you get like, so like you can like grab a subset subset of your CSV that you download from DraftKings and only enter, you know, the last 750 and look at it in sound bites to kind of uh, uh, be able to use it on the free plan. So just some food for thought there. Happy to keep talking about it if you have more questions there. Okay. Continuing to roll here, jumping back to Discord, uh, Naj has a question that said, when picking lineups from the pool, how can I find a balance between picking what ones I want and trusting the Sabre score? Sometimes I see a lineup I like and the Sabre score is not good. Like last night I picked a lineup with Westbrook. I thought I liked it and it did terrible and the Sabre score was bad. So, okay. So, so I think what this comes down to is like, you know, depending on, on how many uh, lineups you are playing on a certain night um, kind of would lead me in like one direction or another. But I think one thing you can do is that, you know, if you are kind of scrolling through your lineups, spot checking them, seeing how they look, and you come across a lineup in your pool that is is not colored, therefore not in your 20 lineup set, you know, it is grayed out like this. And you're like, you know what? I really like this number 24 lineup for whatever reason, you know, I've, I, I wanted to get to Jonas and he's only one, one projected for 1% ownership. And I really like that about him. You get this lock icon and what this will do is it will make sure that this gets put into your final lineup set, regardless of whatever change other changes you make. It is basically saying like, no, this lineup has to be in here. And regardless of whether I go change them in uniques now, make exposure adjustments, et cetera. It is going to make sure that this lineup is there. So I think working in, you know, some some locks like that it, into your 20 lineups, if you are very opinionated and see a certain lineup that you really like is one way to go about it. Um, I mean, that's not something I necessarily do. Uh, the, the way I like to like operate is kind of max out my main uniques, and then see how many I can get to. Uh, four is, is like a number that that usually works fine. And then if I have any opinions, you know, from from there I'll I'll go and make it. You know, maybe I want to play, you know, 100% Westbrook tonight. I'll add that now. And then maybe I want to, um, you know, smash the Schroeder and the Kaminga. You know, maybe I want to say like, you know, use all these three players. Okay, I can't. Great. So like now, what do I do? You know, do I want to walk back my mini uniques? Do I want to lower one of their exposures? So I think like starting by getting as diverse as possible and then making a couple small tweaks is how I like to do it and um, is, is what I would generally recommend to people. So let me know if you have any questions on that. Uh, question from Agency Arms asking about MMA late swap. He said, I guess it's safe to say MMA late swap won't be readily ready uh, be readily available for this weekend's pay-per-view card. Uh, I don't think so. I haven't heard any internal talks about it. I will bring it up internally. So let me, let me make a note here, you know, MMA late swap requests. Uh, I will see where the team is at with this, but thank you for bringing it up. You know, it is Wednesday. I will see uh, 
what the team has in store for MMA late swap. And then I will provide you guys an update and let you know. So this will be one of the things that I get back to you on for tomorrow's show. Uh, okay. Next question here from Naj said, do y'all have any game theory videos so I can understand how to attack each slate? I think that if you are looking for, you know, some content to watch to kind of get going and how to think about uh, DFS, like, uh, like on a, on a higher level, I, I would really start um, on our YouTube channel and let me just pull that up really quickly here. So we have a lot of good videos. Um, if you haven't checked these ones out that are these uh, new here, start here first. These are a great place to start. And then you can get into more sports-specific stuff. You know, maybe you want to watch some NFL. Maybe you want to watch some NBA videos, NHL. You can always come into the search bar and then type in, like, NBA and then see what videos come up. Uh, this is a great video with Jordan. This is a video I did. Uh, we have some other good videos. This is one where Max Steinberg walks through his process. Max is a high-stakes DFS pro, a partner at SaberSim, took down a Millie Maker earlier this year in NFL Showdown. Really, really smart guy. Uh, always awesome to hear him talk at, at any point. So, you know, you can come in here, uh, search for sports-specific content, and kind of go from there. Another awesome place to, like, really do a deep dive is our Behind the Sims videos. You know, we have a... Uh, playlist for behind the sims we go really deep into you know like we've talked about like extensive back testing in these contest simulations and contest selection videos uh the team is is having these like uh open conversations as you know getting where we're letting everybody get a behind the scenes look as to what questions get asked what uh goes into how we build different tools and and decide on like the different frameworks and the way we want to push our content for our users. So the behind the Sims episodes are like a uh, definitely a deeper dive into what goes in to the simulations and all of the content that we put out. So another awesome resource for you guys there. Okay. Uh, got a follow-up here from Naj in the YouTube chat and the discord. And also, when I use SaberSim, I'm never consistent. Every time I try to put it in my hands and lock players in, I do terrible like bottoms of the leaderboard. What is a good basic strategy for NBA I can use to understand more? Okay, so, you know, Naj, I, I would really watch this video with, with Max Steinberg and Jordan. It was an hour and 44 minutes. Like, they got a ton of questions at the beginning of the NBA season talked about a uh, lot of NBA strategy. I would check this out as well as some of the other videos on our YouTube channel. Um, some of the videos that where I've gone through, like walking through my process and um, we've done like some, some uh, NBA deep dives would highly recommend checking these out. I think these are a great spot to start for like trying to get better at NBA in general. So give those a shot and, and let me know if you have any more questions and then uh, we can come back here on here and talk about it but all right gonna jump back over to sabersim here let me get sabersim pulled back up let me do a quick sweep here um not seeing any more questions at the moment everybody uh it's been a good decent uh 47 minute long stream a lot of questions that came in today uh just a side note 
Uh, no stream tomorrow. I have some things going on that I am not going to be able to make the showtime. So we will be back on Friday the 9th for our regularly scheduled office hours. So just a side note for everybody there. If you guys have any questions that you need answered, you know, prior to NFL showdown, prior to NBA lock, if you put them in the office hours channel, Jordan and the rest of the team will be around to make sure that your questions get answered and then anything that doesn't get answered we will cover on friday's show but that being said everybody uh great show today a lot of good questions if there's any follow-up you know just throw it in the office hours channel and we can continue to learn and discuss these points and uh see if we can uh have any more great conversations uh as we always talk about at the beginning of this show lots of awesome conversations happening in the discord all the time but until then good luck in your contest and i will see you all later Thank mm-hmm. you.